Our scripture today comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, and Joshua, chapter 1, select verses. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. And for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning I'm beginning an Advent sermon series called Harbingers of the Savior. Each week we'll take a look at a figure from the Old Testament who in some ways foreshadowed the coming of Jesus. This week we take a look at Joshua. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, Emmanuel. Amen. The Israelites had been dreaming about this day for centuries. There they were standing on the border of Moab, looking out across at the land of Canaan with only the Jordan River between them. This was the land that, that God had promised to give 
their ancestor Abraham centuries before. This was the prize for which they had toiled through the wilderness for the last 40 years. And now, at long last, that prize was finally within reach. Surely, all of their hopes and dreams were about to be fulfilled. There was just one small problem. Moses was dead. Now, the oldest among them remembered Moses coming out of the wilderness with power and might, challenging Pharaoh to a duel of deities. They remembered how he, he brought all those terrible plagues down upon Egypt and how he had led them through the parted waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness and freedom. With a pillar of cloud and fire, Moses had guided the people to Mount Sinai where, where he had gone up and met with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights before coming back with the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. They remembered how Moses' face would glow after his encounters with the Lord and how they were all so afraid. Moses had shepherded the people through the wilderness for the last 40 years, keeping them alive and interceding with God on their behalf. And now Moses had led them to the verge of the Jordan River, poised to enter into the long-awaited promised land. And surely, Moses would be the one to lead them in. But Moses was dead. How could they go on without Moses? Like the Israelites standing there on the plains of Moab, Sooner or later, we all come to places in our lives where we are standing on the border between the life that we have known and the uncharted territory that lies ahead. When we're looking out across the Jordan River at the great unknown, tempted to cling to a past which has now come to an end. And we wonder, how can we move on when, when the things that we've taken for granted for so long are no longer with us, when our North Star has, has disappeared, when our Moses is dead. As we go throughout our lives, the, the death of Moses can become many different things for us. Maybe for you it is the failed marriage that you're so sure on your wedding day was going to last forever or the loss of a loved one who you just could never have imagined life without, and yet now you are without them. Maybe it's the, the school that you are now finishing and you have to head off to college or out into the real world to, to get a job. Or maybe your youngest child has just left home leaving you with an empty nest. Maybe it's the job that you were sure was going to carry you into the promised land of a comfortable retirement, but instead has left you abandoned in the wilderness of unemployment. Maybe, maybe it's your physical or mental health, which you've always taken for granted, which has suddenly abandoned you. 
Maybe it's, it's just that dream that you've been chasing for so long, sure that one day it would be fulfilled, but that has become clear in your more honest moments that it's just not going to happen. Moses is dead. The truth is, no matter how carefully we try to live our lives, there is just no way for us to avoid pivotal moments of loss like these, when we're caught between a past with some defining thing in our lives and an unimaginable future without it. And though we know that, that God promises His people a future filled with hope, continuing the journey ahead is never a simple or, or easy thing for us. I mean, sure, we all want to enter God's promised land, but how do we go on without Moses? You know, one of the reasons I think we have a hard time moving ahead when when things come to an end in our lives is that we often have a tendency to eulogize the past, to make things out to be a little better than they actually were. And not that that's always a bad thing, but sometimes it can prevent us from living fully in the present. And the Israelites certainly remembered Moses in superhuman terms. I'm sure they sat around telling all kinds of stories about the miraculous things that Moses had done, and probably some he hadn't. And Moses did do some pretty spectacular things. I mean, he was larger than life. But he wasn't perfect. Now, Moses wasn't always the model prophet and leader, which is why God did not allow him to enter into the promised land. And though we should always be grateful for the gift of Moses in our lives, we should never confuse the gift with the one who gave it, the one from whom all blessings flow. If we live in fear of life without Moses, with clutched hands instead of open ones, we will miss out on what God is doing in our lives today. And then like Moses, we'll never get to enter the promised land. No, we'll be, we'll be stuck out in the wilderness of Moab, trapped on the border between death and new life. You know, I think it is significant that the book of Deuteronomy ends outside the promised land. You recall Deuteronomy is the final book of the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, what the Jewish people call the, the Torah, which is the foundation and the heart of the Hebrew Scriptures. And yet, it comes to a conclusion, not with a celebration in the land as you might expect, but with a funeral in the wilderness. The people still outside the land God's promise yet unfulfilled. I think at least part of the reason for that is whether we realize it or not, in some way, each of us wakes up every day of our lives 
on the plains of Moab. And we are faced with a choice. We can choose to cling to our memory of Moses and the way things used to be, the life that we have known, or we can place it all into the Savior's hands, trusting him to lead us into the hopeful future that God is continually unfolding before us. God always gives us the choice. But if we want to live and not just exist, then we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and renew our commitment to follow him every day, especially when our Moses is gone. And that is never easy for us to do. That's why Jesus called it taking up our cross. Now be very sure there is always a death that takes place when we commit to following him. But it is the death of all the things that hold us back from the life that God intends for us. We just usually have such a hard time letting go of control and, and following Jesus out into the great unknown. No, we prefer that there be a, a clear destination and a GPS with at least three routes from which to choose. But God doesn't typically allow us to see all the way down the road and around the bend and over the next hill. Now, usually, we're given just enough light to take the next step. I mean, that's what faith is all about. Trusting that God will be with us on the journey to guide and sustain us and not abandon us in some wilderness. Fortunately, we have a God who never abandons his people. And God had already been preparing someone to lead the Israelites after Moses was gone. Moses' servant, Joshua. You remember him. But people certainly knew him. After all, he was one of them. Unlike Moses, who had never really grown up among the people in Egypt and who always seemed to walk a few inches off the ground. But Joshua had grown up among the people and he'd grown to become one of their elders so he could identify with his people. And he'd been tested again and again as a spy, as a military leader, and war chieftain as a, a loyal servant of Moses. And the Bible tells us that, that God's spirit was with him. And yet, when God commands Joshua to lead the people forward into Canaan, God tells him repeatedly to have courage and not be afraid. After all, surely, Joshua must have had a great deal of anxiety about trying to fill Moses' sandals. I mean, how could anybody ever do that? It is never easy following in the footsteps of a legend. Just imagine what session meetings must have been like for Joshua. Moses never did things that way. Moses always had us out of here by 6.30. But you know, God wasn't asking Joshua 
to be Moses. God was simply asking him to have faith in God rather than in Moses. And Joshua did. I mean, there is perhaps no other figure in the entire Old Testament who was more faithful and obedient to God than Joshua, who did not turn from God's word to the right or to the left. He repeatedly called the Israelites back to faithfulness to God and God's word. He was strong and courageous, and he was victorious. Not because he clung to Moses in the way things had always been, but because he trusted in the promises of God and he kept moving forward. And so he was able to accomplish what Moses could not. And the book of Joshua tells how he led the Israelites at long last across the Jordan River and into the promised land. You know, I think it's no coincidence that the name Jesus in Hebrew is Joshua. For just like the one for whom he was named, Jesus also came to lead his people into the new life that God had prepared for them. Like Joshua, Jesus also grew up among his people, and so he's able to identify with us. Jesus was tested in every way, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was strong and courageous, never turning from God's word to the right or to the left. And on the cross, Jesus fought on our behalf the battle that we couldn't fight. And he too was victorious. And Jesus is calling each of us to hold loosely to the things of this world, but to cling to him and to put our trust in him alone. The word of God made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, in many ways, This life is one big lesson in learning how to let go of things and entrust them to God. As our children grow up, we have to learn to let them go and set them free to fly on their own. As we get older, we have to let go of our careers, our mobility, our eyesight, our homes, our health. Eventually, we have to let go of our parents, our spouses, our friends, our pastors. And one day, every one of us will have to let go of this life. But the good news is that everything we let go of in faith is held securely in the strong hands of the risen Savior who will never abandon us. And yet so often our fear tempts us to try to cling to it all for dear life. And the more we try, the the more it weighs us down, preventing us from, from moving ahead causing us to 
become stuck in the wilderness of Moab, trapped on the border between death and life. Only when we learn to live life with, with open hands, trusting in God's promises, and following where our Joshua leads us, will we enter into the life that God is, is literally dying to give us. You know, our problem is that we tend to become comfortable in the wilderness. Oh, it may be miserable, but we usually prefer the misery we know to the mystery we do not. And though the wilderness plays an important role in our spiritual journeys, teaching us to, to travel lightly and to put our trust in God alone, we were never meant to stay in the wilderness. No, we were meant for the land of promise where God's grace is always sufficient and where you discover that with Jesus there is always a future filled with hope and more life to be had than you know. So on whatever border you happen to be standing as we enter into this season of Advent, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. And keep moving ahead in faith with your eyes on the risen Savior. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen.